Chapter Nineteen of Timothy Crump's Ward by Horatio Alger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen, Caught in a Trap. Jack and his guide paused in front of a three-story brick building of respectable appearance. "Does Ida's mother live here?" interrogated Jack. "Yes," said Peg coolly. "Follow me up the steps." The woman led the way, and Jack followed. The former rang the bell. An untidy servant girl made her appearance. "'We will go upstairs, Bridget,' said Peg. Without betraying any astonishment, the servant conducted them to an upper room and opened the door. "'If you will go in and take a seat,' said Peg, "'I will send Ida to you immediately.' She closed the door after him and very softly slipped the bolt which had been placed on the outside. She then hastened downstairs, and finding the proprietor of the house, who was a little old man with a shrewd twinkling eye and a long aquiline nose, she said to this man, who was a leading spirit among the coiners into whose employ she and her husband had entered, I want you to keep this lad in confinement, until I give you notice that it will be safe to let him go. What has he done? asked the old man. He is acquainted with a secret dangerous to both of us, answered Peg, with intentional prevarication, for she knew that if were supposed that she only had an interest in Jack's detention, they would not take the trouble to keep him. Ha! exclaimed the old man. Is that so? Then I warrant me he can't get out unless he has sharp claws. Fairly trapped, my young bird, thought Peg, as she hastened away. I rather think that will put a stop to your troublesome interference for the present. You haven't lived quite long enough to be a match for old Peg. You'll find that out by and by. Ha, ha, won't your worthy uncle the baker be puzzled to know why you don't come home tonight? Meanwhile, Jack, wholly unsuspicious that any trick had been played upon him, seated himself in a rocking chair, waiting impatiently for the coming of Ida, whom he had resolved to carry back with him to New York if his persuasions could affect it. Impelled by a natural curiosity, he examined, attentively, the room in which he was seated. It was furnished moderately well, that is, as well as a sitting-room of a family in moderate circumstances. The floor was covered with a plain carpet. There was a sofa, a mirror, and several chairs covered with hair-cloth standing stiffly at the windows there were one or two engravings of no great artistic excellence hanging against the walls on the centre table were two or three books such was the room into which jack had been introduced jack waited patiently for twenty minutes then he began to grow impatient perhaps ida is out thought our hero but if she is, Mrs. Hardwick ought to come and let me know. Another fifteen minutes passed, and still Ida came not. This is rather singular, thought Jack. She can't have told Ida that I am here, or I am sure she would rush up at once to see her brother Jack. At length, tired of waiting, and under the impression that he had been forgotten, Jack walked to the door, and placing his hand upon the latch, attempted to open it. There was a greater resistance than he had anticipated. Supposing that it must stick, he used increased exertion, but the door perversely refused to open. Good heavens, thought Jack, 
the real state of the case flashing upon him is it possible that i am locked in to determine this he employed all his strength but the door still resisted he could no longer doubt he rushed to the windows there were two in number and looked out upon a court in the rear of the house no part of the street was visible from them therefore there was no hope of drawing the attention of passerbys to his situation confounded by this discovery jack sank into his chair in no very imitable state of mind well thought he this is a pretty situation for me to be in i wonder what father would say if he knew that i was locked up like a prisoner and then to think i let that treacherous woman mrs hardwick lead me so quietly into a snare aunt rachel was about right when she said i wasn't fit to come alone i hope she'll never find out this adventure of mine i never should hear the last of it jack's mortification was extreme his self-love was severely wounded by the thought that a woman had got the better of him and he resolved if he ever got out that he would make mrs hardwick suffer he didn't quite know how for the manner in which she had treated him time passed every hour seemed to poor jack to contain at least double the number of minutes which are usually reckoned to that division of time moreover not having eaten for several hours he was getting hungry a horrible suspicion flashed across his mind the wretches can't mean to starve me can they he asked himself while despite his constitutional courage he could not help shuddering at the idea he was unexpectedly answered by the sliding of a little door in the wall and the appearance of the old man whose interview with peg has been referred to are you getting hungry my dear sir he inquired with a disagreeable smile upon his features why am i confined here demanded jack in a tone of irritation why are you confined repeated his interlocutor really one would think you did not find your quarters comfortable i am so far from finding them comfortable that i insist upon leaving them immediately returned jack then all you have got to do is to walk through that door it is locked i can't open it can't open it repeated the old man with another disagreeable leer perhaps then it will be well for you to wait till you are strong enough irritated by this reply jack threw himself spitefully against the door but to no purpose the old man laughed in a cracked wheezing way good fellow said he encouragingly try it again won't you try it again better luck next time jack threw himself sullenly into a chair where is the woman that brought me here he asked peg oh she couldn't stay she had important business to transact my young friend and so she has gone but don't feel anxious she commended you to our particular attention and you will be just as well treated as if she were here this assurance was not very well calculated to comfort jack how long are you going to keep me cooped up here he asked desperately wishing to learn the worst at once really my young friend i couldn't say we are very hospitable very we always like to have our friends with us as long as possible jack groaned internally at the prospect before him one question more he said will you tell me if my sister ida is in this house your sister ida 
repeated the old man, surprised in his turn. "'Yes,' said Jack, believing his astonishment feigned. "'You needn't pretend that you don't know anything about her. I know that she is in your hands.' "'Then if you know so much,' said the other, shrugging his shoulders, "'there is no need of asking.' Jack was about to press the question, but the old man, anticipating him, pointed to a plate of food which he pushed in upon a shelf just in front of the sliding door, and said, "'Here's some supper for you. When you get ready to go to bed, you can lie down on the sofa.' "'Sorry, we didn't know of your coming, or we would have got our best bedchamber ready for you.' Good night and pleasant dreams. Smiling disagreeably, he slid to the door, bolted it, and disappeared, leaving Jack more depressed, if possible, than before. End of chapter 19